0: Welcome to the Let's Think About That podcast where we don't just react. We'll break it down and think about it. We're going to talk news, the law, sports, whatever we're thinking about. We're your host, Ed Yeager and Lee Allen. Lee, how are you tonight, my friend?
1: I'm doing well, Ed. I hope you are.
0: I am doing well. Well, it's in the news this week, right? A whole lot. It's like a lot of it coming from Capitol Hill so far this week. <laughs> it does. Um, funny how that works, isn't it? So did you uh, have you watched any of the testimony of the secretary of state before the House yesterday and the Senate today?
1: Uh, I did. Uh, I listened to a a good deal of it. And um, it it seemed that he was uh, there were there were a lot of uh, questions that that seemed to touch more on the military aspects of the withdrawal uh, that were asked of the secretary of state. And, of course, that's not his portfolio. uh, It's not his bailiwick. Uh, in my opinion, or, or I'm sorry, in, in it's my understanding, he never served. So, I mean, it, it was it was really kind of almost awkward um, when those questions would come up. Um, I yeah, was, It's kind of like
0: he is just a stand in as a generic Biden advisor this time, because secretary of defense,
1: apparently he's going to show up later in the month. I understood that he, he declined the opportunity to testify. The secretary of defense did. Um, but uh, was threatened with a subpoena, and so apparently he's going to show up. But I, I don't know. I, I did not think Blinken performed well from his perspective. I didn't think he helped himself. Um, the testimony sort of mirrored the manner in which the withdrawal was conducted in that it was chaotic. The, the questions to Blinken about whether or not he had testified uh, before the Hunter Biden grand jury were, I won't say bizarre, but they were they were strange. Um, it was cringeworthy that his, his answers um, I did not think he was forceful. He comes across as um, sort of effete and, um, and, and frankly, that's the way I, I, that's, that's the way he's projected through, throughout his time uh, eight months now as, as Secretary of State And, and uh, I just think he's a very weak individual. Um, he was asked, uh, I think it was this morning he was asked about whether or not the United States had a policy, with regard to how we should treat uh, Afghanistan going forward, and he could, he wouldn't answer the question. He just kept talking about how we have we are working with our NATO allies. We're working with countries in the region. We're working with the UN. And and you know the the questioner, and I don't remember which senator it was, kept saying, well, do, do, "But does the United States have a policy?" You know, and, it, and he he speaks a lot in platitudes. He he, he uses uh, you know word salad that. Um, just
0: uh, just foolishness. Um, and well, it, it all indicates that they don't have a policy.
1: Exactly. Um, his,
0: his testimony, as you said, kind of reflected the, the final days of the U.S. presence in Afghanistan. It just seemed to be cobbled together. And let's hope for the best. Yeah. And there's a degree to which diplomats do that. And they look on the bright side of people. But in this situation, that
1: just seems doomed to failure. I think it is, and I think it was, and I think we're seeing the results of that. As with any uh, congressional hearing, there are two sides. (laughs) A lot of the questions are not so much questions as they are statements.
0: That's one of Uh, the problems with congressional hearings is that despite the number of law degrees up there, they don't seem to know how to formulate an examination of a witness. No,
1: And, and most of them. Read their questions, so they're, they're they're canned. I mean, they're written ahead of time. They're not they're not taking advantage of prior questions. They're not picking up on clues from from uh, in this case Secretary Blinken or anything. And and it's just uh, uh, you know particularly Grassley today in the Judiciary Committee, uh, which wasn't related to Secretary Blinken, but you know puts his head down and just points his finger and reads what what some staff member has written for him. It's not a pretty sight. Um, and, and I didn't think the Biden administration looked uh, competent, and I don't think Secretary Blinken looked competent. And, uh, you know, I, you and I uh, had some communications yesterday about a, a rumor in the White House that uh, when, when sec- the sec- secretary is finished testifying and things, a little time passes, that he's gone. And, and uh, I think that, that probably it looked to me like it was more likely after watching his testimony well, let's go back to yesterday for just a moment, or
0: Tuesday of this week. And, and the questioner was Scott Perry. Of, uh, he's a representative from Pennsylvania, a Republican who was asking questions. And the questions were about Afghanistan. And then he suddenly asked Secretary of State about whether he'd been questioned by the FBI. And uh, it kind of went off on some tangents. But it was clear that Blinken was rattled from the moment he got that question and didn't know how to answer it. Yeah. And it, was, it just looked uh, fishy. It looked suspicious from the beginning, and I have no reason to think there's anything he's done that's uh, that's you know indicative of a crime or perhaps more importantly a cover up at this point. But it sure did look weird.
1: It, it really did, and it was obvious, as you said, that he wasn't prepared for that question. And I don't know whether I mean that almost makes me think that whatever Democrat staffers on that committee. Prepped him, plus whoever from the State Department and or the White House that prepped him uh, failed to to do an adequate job of of making him, excuse me, aware of the questions that he might get, um, because I I don't know that anybody expected this. Well, I, I I I know it came out of left field. It really did. And he stumbled badly. And he just kept floundering, you know. It, it, it was almost like a drowning man just grasping at at whatever he could, and it was it's like watching a car wreck to to mix metaphors here. Um, it's our show; we can do that. Um, but it, it, it just it was it was cringeworthy from my perspective as as not a fan of of the secretary, and, and uh, it was truly cringeworthy.
0: The other big story from Capitol Hill today was the uh, testimony of uh, several Olympic gymnasts about failures at the uh, part of the FBI and the Justice Department to conduct a competent and timely investigation into their allegations of sexual abuse. And and a a horrendous story. Yeah,
1: and then the cover-up that flowed from that. And apparently there were gymnasts who had not been victimized, who were victimized after the FBI you know, got uh, noticed that there was a problem and and began to do some sort of investigation, which really wasn't much,
0: um, or else didn't do an investigation. Right, but, and then there were additional victims because the perpetrator was still out there.
1: right. And one of the, I think it was the supervisory special agent, but but one of the special agents who was involved from the field office that was handling the investigation was at the time, asking or seeking a job from USA Gymnastics and apparently did not see any sort of conflict or problem with that. Uh, it just boggles the mind at the, the level of stupidity. Stupidity or arrogance? Probably both. And evil. With with regard to our friends who um, were having the affair and, and perpetrated the, the Russia hoax uh, several years ago, I mean, that was pure evil. I mean, that was mean-spirited, malicious, uh, conduct on their on their part, and um, and 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 they made that up out of basically out of whole cloth, uh, or or knew that it had been made up out of whole cloth, and and took the ball and ran with it. And I think one thing is clear, and and I you know I, I guess from on a positive note, at least in my opinion, uh, it seemed to be both Republicans and Democrats uh, who were upset with the conduct of the FBI in this investigation.
0: Yeah, there doesn't uh, seem to be any partisanship
1: no. No uh, or no. any
0: partisan divide on this.
1: So so I you know, I take I take solace in that, but but I, I think too, um I, I don't think the FBI can continue to exist. I, I think we have to we have to come up with a new entity with a new name. I think it is so tarnished the reputation of the FBI, uh in the last few years that, that it, it simply cannot um it cannot continue and that's a shame because you know we I think we've talked about this before. I used to think that the FBI folks, I mean, they walked on water. You know, they were the they were the Jedi Knights. They were the good guys.
0: Well uh, that was their you know, that was was their public image. There was the show FBI and right. going all the way back to Jag or Hoover. They were they were the ones who always uh We're on the side of right. Now, I disagree. I think the FBI can and will continue to exist. I think there are plenty of good agents out there. The problem has been in leadership and uh, politicization of uh, various people, such as the ones you mentioned a moment ago um, during the the Trump administration, or I guess it was the the latter part of the Obama administration going into the Trump administration and their actions. But I think that the average FBI, maybe "average" is the wrong word, but at the field field level, I think you have good intention people who are trying to do the right thing. This case of gymnastics is just an example of someone who was either incompetent or self serving, or for whatever reason didn't care.
1: Ambition. I think you're right with regard to the the field the field agents and the, the rank and file. Uh, investigators within within the fbi but 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 i but i do think that the, the whatever it is and i'll use the term corruption um i'm not saying they're on the take but i think they're putting their own political interests and their own career ambitions above um their 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 obligations under the uh, with their oath um i think that that has so tarnished uh the fbi that that uh, at the at a minimum there need to be sweeping personnel changes within the uh, the hierarchy of the Department of Justice and, 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 and the FBI as well. But And you're right. You know, the one thing that wasn't said, at least that I heard during the hearings this morning, Obama was the president. Oh, Lord, who was the attorney general? Eric Holder. Yeah, Eric Holder was the attorney general. Robert Mueller was the director of the FBI. Um, you know the, the, these were the folks that were in charge during the time of the uh, botched if you will investigation with regard to USA gymnastics and when it started it was 2015 now i'm not saying that obama's responsible he, you know but but it's just it was on his watch and of course you know things that occur on uh, republicans watch we we sort of get beat over the head in the news media um yeah, if this
0: had happened during the Trump administration, it would have been called the Trump FBI exactly. investigator or exactly. something to
1: that effect, right? And and it's it, it's not talked about, and I think that's unfair. So I think we we've, we've got a lot to to look for in coming days with regard to the FBI, um, and I don't see any way to change it without a massive overhaul at, at a minimum and I'm in well, favor of of doing away with it and coming up with a new a new entity. I'm not in favor of defunding the police. I don't want to defund the police. I just want to have I don't think it needs to be the FBI anymore. I think they need a new name. They need a new badge. They need a new outlook.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll see.
1: But uh, you know, and 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 of course what's bubbling under the surface but the the news media doesn't want to talk about it is this this whole uh situation with the the folks who are have been arrested for their activities on January the 6th and there was a, a, a comment made by one of the federal district court judges who's hearing these cases, uh, I think it was earlier this week, it might have been at the tail end of last week, where the judge was speculating that you know these prosecutions may well be unconstitutional based upon the fact that there has been no evidence of any sort of conspiracy. And 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 so uh, you've got you've got that uh, as a stain on the FBI. The FBI, just in the last few days, fired the special agent in charge of the Christy Noem uh, or not Christy Noem, but the governor of of, um, the female governor of Michigan.
0: Gretchen Whitmer,
1: Gretchen Whitmer, you know, the whole uh, conspiracy to um, uh, kidnap her, I think it was. That supervisory special agent has been fired. It turns out that FBI sources probably were the instigators of that situation. And but for their instigation, that may not have ever been a thing. Um, Yeah, the
0: allegations, as I recall, were that there was a group of five or six citizens. And this was back during COVID lockdowns in the state of Michigan who were allegedly going to kidnap her and perhaps kill her, certainly carry her to somewhere away from the Capitol as some type of reaction to the lockdowns that were going on in the state. And I guess as it's come along, it seems like there were a lot of um, unnamed sources or law enforcement undercover agents who were involved in the conspiracy. And as a legal matter, they, a conspiracy is a is an agreement by two or more individuals to commit a crime. But if one or more of those individuals is law enforcement, they're not co-conspirators. so you, that breaks the conspiracy.
1: It seems like every every week uh, there's something about the FBI that is negative uh, and 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 has a uh, cast the institution in a bad light.
0: Well, I hear what you're saying. I just don't uh I wouldn't throw them out. Uh, wouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater, to use another metaphor.
1: <laughs> At least you're not mixing them like I did.
0: other big story this week out of Washington has been the uh, allegations from Bob Woodward's forthcoming book about General Milley. I guess that's kind of dominated the news the last couple of days. Um, among those allegations that uh, Milley—I uh, guess among those allegations were that Millie had called his counterpart in China— and uh, assured him, well, assured him that things were okay and that he would let him know if there were going to be any attack on China, but also that he had made efforts to ensure that the nuclear, uh, the nuclear weapons, the nuclear codes, the so-called football that's always around the president was, was secure. And I know there's been some reporting today, which questions some of that. I don't know the truth of it. Frankly, I, I, as I told you, you know, the last couple of days, I'm skeptical of the whole thing, uh. I know Woodward always has these great stories, but sometimes the facts don't seem to be as nailed down as he wants to pretend
1: they are. Yeah, he has a, a track record of, of not getting his facts right um, and and seems to, uh, if you believe his critics, embellish stories, uh, perhaps even make some up as a means to, to generate book sales. Um, there, there's that whole... Controversy, if you'll remember back uh, from his uh, his book entitled "Veil," where uh, it was proven that um, he, he he was um, he was wrong on some facts. Part of the problem here, it seems to me, is uh, he's the king of unnamed sources. And from what I understand, and I think this book hasn't come out yet. Right. It's just it's that's kinda, right. It hasn't been released.
0: These um, are advanced copies to try to generate buzz. so right.
1: It's the bestseller list at the beginning. Um. These allegations with regard to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs are from unnamed sources. And so th- I, I'm I'm skeptical of that. I also, and and by definition, folks who put on four stars, particularly the folks who become chairman of the Joint Chiefs, they're political animals. I mean, they have to be. That That's not a criticism. It's just, you know, the reality of serving at that high level of the military um, you have to be politically savvy, and y- y- your gut tells you that Millie is not so careless or is not smart enough not to blunder into something like this uh, so i think um I think it's probably important that we not rush to judgment uh, with regard to to his situation, as you said, Jennifer Griffin and uh there was one other reporter today who uh, were quoting sources in the Department of Defense um, that, that were saying that uh, the allegations were not true. There were 15 people in the room. He had the blessing of the secretary of defense at the time. It may be that this is this is just um, an effort to sell books.
0: And, of course, some of the reporters said, well, are you going to release the transcripts like like uh, Trump did on the call to uh the Ukrainian, Ukrainian president that led to the, the first impeachment yeah uh, so so far DoD is not releasing that transcript we'll see what happens with that I could settle it right there at least some yeah, of the and, allegations and,
1: and and I guess I would want to say for our listeners I'm not at all troubled by Millie reaching out to his 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 counterpart in another country I think that's normal to be expected to be uh, uh, typically a good thing I think the issue is did he say the things that he's accused of saying in this call. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see
0: what happens with that. One story that you tipped me off to a couple of days ago, which I think uh, hasn't really gotten any attention, but which I just find um, fascinating as well as disturbing, is this proposal by the Department of the Treasury, and let me just outline it because, like I say, it has not gotten any media attention, but the Department of Treasury has proposed That banks and financial institutions would report to the Department of the Treasury all transactions that occur on accounts that have a balance of $600 or more. And then the government would basically build a big database for all of these transactions so that they can, you know, their purported reason would be to find tax cheaters, people who are spending more than the income they're reporting. Uh, But the idea that any account with more than $600 that the federal government's going to know every penny that comes in and goes out
1: just it strikes me as an incredible amount of overreach. Phenomenal amount of overreach. I mean, and, and for our listeners, that there is currently and has been in place for some time. It came about in the early days of the drug war, um, probably in the, in the early 80s. Maybe that's not the early days of the drug war, but it was the early days of the war against cocaine. The IRS has required or the Department of the Treasury has required financial institutions and anyone else who deals in cash transactions of an amount more than ten thousand dollars or related transactions that in the aggregate are more than ten thousand dollars. again, cash and that's defined a little differently than just just currency. but those transactions have to be reported to the to the Treasury Department. Uh, and it's a felony not to, and that that was that's been done in an effort to cut down on on uh, drug dealers, uh, you know, buying cars and and whatnot in cash. Um, and the reason is
0: that typically people who are conducting illegal activities like drugs, they're they're dealing in cash. They're not using uh, um, checks, you know, credit and, cards, or credit checks cards or whatever.
1: But $10,000, of course $10,000 is not what it was in 1983, but it's still a lot more than $600 in an account and any transaction in an account with more than $600 in it. So if you go to Sheets and, and, and buy a, a Mountain Dew and a candy bar and put $5 worth of gas in your car and you happen to have $673 in your account, Treasury needs to know about that. Well, first of all, Just from a practical standpoint, how can they comb through all these reports? I guess it would be a question of they build the database, and then when they have something to go on, you know, Lee Allen is doing X, Y, and Z, then they can go back and pull anything related to me from the database and use that to build a case. But it is, it's well, that may be the
0: starting point, but with artificial intelligence, Uh, Having grown so much over the last few years, I can see that their next step would be that they develop some type of AI, artificial intelligence algorithm that starts sifting through this data and then reporting out anything that appears
1: suspicious. And acting on it. Um, It's bad enough for them to know about it, but, I mean, you can start locking people up because of what this algorithm shows that they do with their account. And, and it, is it going to become like the civil forfeiture statutes where if you do certain things, you have to prove that you didn't do them for criminal purposes or you lose. I think it's a slippery slope and it's, it's frankly, in my opinion, anti-American.
0: I agree. And and I would, I would make two final points about it. First is that if the government's aggregating all this data, we got to remember that it was only a few years ago that the government was hacked by. Uh, it appears that the People's Republic of China hacked into government databases for anyone who had ever applied for a security clearance, so they've basically taken all that information for whatever yeah. purpose they're going to do with it. The other thing is, when you look at the actual uh, Treasury Department release, you know they they continue to use this language about. They want to ensure that everyone is paying their fair share and that tax, and this is a quote, tax evasion is concentrated toward the top of the income distribution because higher income taxpayers have the ability to tap into the services of accountants and tax preparers. That's their quote. Well, first of all, $600 in a bank account isn't the top of the the income tax spectrum. Uh, But more importantly, you know, just within the last week, it's come out that, as of last year, 61% of the individuals in this country didn't pay any taxes. Yeah. So the idea that, yeah, if there's anyone who is probably under-reporting, it's going to be a higher-income taxpayer because it's getting to the point where they're the ones paying almost all the taxes.
1: That's right. And there is there's absolutely nothing wrong in hiring a CPA or a tax lawyer. And coming up with a strategy to minimize your income tax exposure or your capital gains tax exposure. I mean, that, that's the American way. No, that way. means you're,
0: That's not a loophole. That means you're following the law.
1: That's right. Um, it's. They seem. Yet again, this is another instance illustrating that that the folks in Washington they really don't think it's it's your money that you earn. That that's really. A case of the tail wagging the dog, you know. It's my money. I earned it. I'll decide what I want to do with it. Uh, and I, I don't want to pay any more taxes than I am than I have to. Uh, I don't know anybody who does. I guess little Dick Gephardt's friend who wanted to pay more taxes, but he never told us who he was, never gave us a name.
0: I don't remember that was as a oh, speech yeah. on the floor. Of the the I house? don't think it was
1: on the I don't think it was on the floor. I think it I think it was when he was running for president, and he he told about a friend of his who said, "Yeah, raise my taxes," and uh, nobody ever knew who it was.
0: Well, and I would just say that you know there are individuals that make payments to the government beyond their tax bill. There is a procedure to do that. There is a general fund that they uh, that the government puts that money into. So anyone out there who wants to pay extra, they can pay extra. The hypocrisy is when they want everybody else to pay extra.
1: Right. And they'll be glad to take your money uh, in any amount. Um, they'll cash that check and without
0: asking any questions. The other part of this, Lee, I'd like to get your thoughts on, is, you know, as I've been thinking about it, it really just strikes me that this is the administrative state gone crazy uh, last week we recorded as as normally sometimes you know if we miss a day but last week we we're on Wednesday pushed the episode out early Thursday and late Thursday Biden gave his talk about COVID vaccinations and mandates on employers and, and basically using OSHA to just push out rules on any employer that has more than a hundred employees and fines that they've just kind of chosen at random for what they're going to basically bankrupt businesses with. And all of this, the connection to me, all of this is the administrative
1: state being unaccountable to the people. Uh, you have a, a, the, the the mid-level bureaucrats in charge and you can't fire them. The Biden administration doesn't want to, but even the, the Trump administration couldn't. Uh, and, and frankly, four years is not enough time to, without just a blanket firing and. it. Uh, it's scary. Um, it's not what our founders intended. Um, there are three branches of government. Um, there, there is uh, a system of checks and balances, where each, each, uh, each branch is is uh, checked by the others, and all of them are checked by the people, at least indirectly. You could argue that the courts are not, but they are in the sense that the president appoints. Or nominates and and the uh, the Senate approves., uh, so there is that indirect um, responsibility there. But with the administrative state, th- there's not, and we talked about this, I don't remember if it was last week or, or in, a, in a prior uh, episode, um, where Congress is uh, delegating a lot of authority to these executive, uh, agencies, you know the, the proverbial alphabet soup uh, agencies, and, and they're making the rules and making the law, and Congress is just sitting back and letting them do it. Uh, and it's it's not a good thing. It, it results in overregulation, and uh, it's stifling to our economy, and it's it's killing our freedoms. Uh, you know, and I don't I don't think I I think I have become more aware of that in the last year or so as a result of this COVID situation. The Biden vaccine mandate, because of separation of powers, you know, that mandate doesn't apply to Congress. If it's such a wonderful thing, why is it that if you have less than 100 employees, you're not included? Well, it's because of who OSHA, federal OSHA laws and regulations apply to. I mean, but does COVID know if there are 98 employees? It's preposterous. And I I don't want to get too much into COVID, but... You have to take the vaccine to protect yourself from the unvaccinated. And, and I have a hard time with that.
0: Um, well, that was a big part of Biden's speech, which didn't make any sense. He, he wanted to reassure people how great the vaccination was. So he pointed out statistics, which I, I believe are accurate, that if you're vaccinated, you're very safe. Right. Right. And and then the natural or the logical response to that is, okay.
1: Right. So why do I care if somebody else hasn't taken it? Exactly. Uh, It's on them.
0: Yeah. They have an opportunity. They've made a decision not to. They're taking that chance on their own.
1: You know, when this started, we heard all about herd immunity. Well, I read the other day that with with uh, when you add the number of folks vaccinated plus the number of folks who've had COVID, we have reached that point but it doesn't seem to have done us any good if you believe what you read in the media, uh, with regard to rising number of cases and so forth. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, if, if you're, um, I guess if you're cynical and I think perhaps I am, you know, you wonder, is this an excuse for another shutdown? Um, and if so, why I think there is, and I, I know there was a, a Quintip- I think it was a Quinnipiac poll that was uh, uh, came out earlier today uh, that shows within the last 30 days, uh, the president had a favorable uh, number, or, or the numbers were favorable in, in terms of the public's impression of how he was handling the COVID situation, and it's it's now gone the other way. He, he, yeah, he's, he's underwater on that. He's underwater, he's underwater
0: on, on Afghanistan. I think he's, uh, overall, he's underwater now. Yeah. Um, Meaning uh, more unfavorable respondents than
1: favorable. And, and I think that, that a large part of the COVID uh, numbers and the flip, it was his speech last uh, last Thursday where, where he has dictated uh, a new mandate. You know, again, it's all for a disease that has a greater than 99% recovery. Uh, rate well i
0: think it's about 98% last time i looked but it is still very high but this is um, you know the the idea that the government can because the president has lost you know patience with people that they can just do things which even he said he didn't have the authority to do a few months ago is and, striking and his his
1: director of the cdc said in 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 late july that there were no plans to do it it's like, well, why? Of course, they they would say, well, you know, the numbers are are, are increasing tremendously. I don't know if you saw the video from uh, a nurse, maybe like a head nurse, and an administrator at a hospital in Wilmington, where they were talking about the need to scare people in, in, into into compliance with with uh, respect to COVID. Um, Scare people in terms of employees, or uh, no, no, the oh. public. No, I didn't see that. Um, and and uh, there's been reporting, uh, that uh, if you die at the hospital from anything unrelated to COVID, but you have had COVID in the past, that goes down as a COVID death. Um,
0: I think that's been true since the pandemic began, and there have been reported stories of. For example, I think it was Colorado where someone died of a gunshot wound but who was positive for COVID at the time so they put it down as a COVID death.
1: George Floyd was listed as a COVID death because he tested positive his uh, you know his corpse was tested as part of the um uh autopsy and and he was positive for COVID. Now, he didn't know it. Uh it didn't have anything to do with him dying, but it went down as a COVID death. I don't
0: think we'll ever know what the true death toll was. No. Or, or continues to be certainly significant not I'm not doubting that at all. No, and it's
1: a, it's a terrible thing. Um and 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 it's a bad disease and you know I I, I looked at it, and talked to my doctor and, and and I took the vaccine, you know, and I, I think it was a smart thing for me to do, but I don't think it's up to the government, particularly Joe Biden, to force others to do what they don't want to do. Um, there's nobody as you said, there's nobody that doesn't hasn't had an opportunity for a free vaccine course and And if you choose not to do it at this point, it's on you. So on the uh, on
0: Biden's announcement, the reaction has been that a number of of uh, Republican governors, Republican attorneys general are considering litigation. I believe one has already filed. One of the interesting aspects of this though, is that there's actually nothing in place to sue about. Uh, All that's happened so far is uh, the president gave a speech saying he's going to direct OSHA to develop a rule. So there's not, as I understand it, even a proposed rule yet uh, for people to comment on. So that makes it a strange litigation situation. On the issue with the Treasury Department collecting all this data, just the day before yesterday, uh, several dozen congressmen, all Republicans, I believe, were co-signatories to a letter objecting. So... Uh, whether that makes its way into uh, the reconciliation bill or somewhere else on Capitol Hill or whether Treasury just tries to push that out on its own, uh, it's certainly going to meet some resistance. So what's on your radar for the next week?
1: Uh, Well, I'm interested to see if if this uh, Woodward uh, allegations, if if they get any traction. I I, I tend to think, uh, and I certainly hope as an American citizen that they don't, um, there, there was a ruling yesterday by the Arizona Supreme Court that said that the contractors hired to conduct the audit of the vote, their records are public records and they must be divulged. From from the stories that I read, it seemed that the Republicans were trying to keep that secret. And I don't understand why the Republicans would be trying to keep it secret, so I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to watch that. I'm sure that... Uh, We'll hear more about Afghanistan. I note that the, the CDC uh, issued a, a, for lack of a better term, a bulletin today uh, with regard to an outbreak of measles among uh, Afghan refugees at, at several locations, and the fear that um, that outbreak could trigger a, a more general outbreak uh, uh, of of measles. Um, so I don't think the Afghanistan story is going away. And as you said, the uh, Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs are are going to be testifying in a few weeks uh, with regard to that. So that'll continue to bubble along. Pennant races are heating up. I noticed you are properly attired tonight with a with a chapeau of appropriate. wearing my Red Sox cap tonight.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know some work's got to be done between now and the end of the season for the Sox to get into uh,
1: postseason play. Yeah. Um, in fact, they were on when I came in here to sit down to do this uh, this podcast. It was three three. I don't know what inning it was because um, if I'd have stopped, I'd probably still sitting there. Um, but you're right. Uh, so I'm watching that um, uh, college football's sort of getting underway, uh, getting uh, I guess up to speed. Uh, we won't mention the pirates. They probably will win one or two games this year. Um, and I that don't. They this
0: wa- one last weekend. Yeah.
1: Uh, I went to
0: Chapel Hill for the game, uh, Carolina game against uh, Georgia State. Yeah. How was that? It was a blowout in terms of a game, even though they started slow. But it was just a, you know, you're starting to have some cool weather at night. It was just a beautiful night for college football. Yeah. Good.
1: Good. So that's kind of what I have my eyes on. What about you? Well, you know, I've been, well,
0: well, you know, we've been following this immigration story at the southern border and what a disaster that is. Typically every month. Customs and Border Patrol releases what they call an operational update for the prior month. And usually it's within the first couple of weeks of the month. Well, they have still not released the numbers from August of this year, but a source came out today and said they were going to report a little over 208,000 incidents, you know, encounters at the border. That would be a 300% increase over August of 2020. So the situation is not improving. Bill Malugin with Fox News showed some drone footage today about the the bridge we had talked about with immigrants camping under it. Now they're they're counting about 4,200 people living under this bridge in America that have come across the border illegally because all the CBP facilities are completely overwhelmed. So that situation, while it may not be as as newsworthy as it was before – is still significant down there.
1: Well, in the in the budget bill um, or the uh, the reconciliation, reconciliation bill, bill, there's a provision in there for eight to ten million uh, immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants, to receive uh, immunity, and, and they were pathway to citizenship, yeah, of some sort. They they so, were arguing about that on Fox News on, when I was in the car on the way home. Yeah, so
0: we talked about the reconciliation bill before. It's it's a, a Procedure that um, the Democrats are trying to use to push about a three and a half trillion dollar bill, if not more, through the Senate without the filibuster rule applying. One of the requirements for that is that the parliamentarian, who's technically a nonpartisan position within the U.S. Senate, has to rule that it's all germane to fiscal policy. Now, the Democrats are trying to say, well, if we make them citizens, we'll collect these taxes, and it might be uh, $120 billion over the next 10 years. But the, right, the way they're trying to do it is that you know, anyone here who is here in the country illegally, they're going to try to give them some type of status, whether it's citizenship or legal permanent residency status or something else. So significant immigration changes that they're trying to get through without letting uh, the filibuster apply.
1: That seems to be an awfully tenuous definition of germane. Yes, it is. What else is on the radar
0: in the Jaeger mind? Well, the other issue is that the U.S. Department of Justice has now sued Texas to try to block the abortion law from going into effect. So I think within the next week to 10 days, we'll start to see some preliminary hearings in that litigation and... Um, They're suing in uh, federal district court in Austin, so we'll start to see how that plays out.
1: And and take a minute to explain that. They're not a friend of the court. They are an actual party, and that's surprising to a lot of folks. How does the federal government have standing to do that? I mean, how are they injured by this statute? I don't think they're injured by the
0: statute. I don't think they have to be. I believe that USDOJ has standing under federal law to bring a lawsuit anytime they can assert that a constitutional right is being infringed upon. So their allegation here is that the rights of pregnant women in Texas are being infringed upon. That gives them standing to bring litigation. That's interesting. I don't like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't ask me. As a policy matter, I don't like that at all. Uh, yeah, contact your senator. Yes, that. I will. Oh, that'll, that'll help a lot, I'm sure. I'm sure that he's waiting to hear from us.
0: Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Let's Think About That podcast. You can contact us at comments at com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe on your podcast provider and leave us a review.